today we want to talk about caring for our spiritual health right now as a community that feels a mix of relief that Trump did not win this week, uh, moved by the significance of our country's first ever woman of color vice president, but also disappointed maybe, hurt maybe, that the message delivered by the election uh, results was not quite as clear a referendum on Trump's rhetoric as many of us would have hoped. And so that's there too. I'll share a bit in a minute about one uh, specific and maybe surprising way I think uh, Jesus might encourage us as a community in this way, spiritual health right now, given the week we've just had. Um, but first, I want to say that <clears throat> maybe like, so like the best way to care for our spiritual health is to care for our emotional health. One, a big value here at our church is that is emotionally healthy spirituality. Spiritual health and emotional health are linked. And so we have so many smart people in this community when it comes to self-care. So please, everyone, share what you what you know about self-care, what you're learning about self-care. Uh, if you are connected with our Discord online community, just like use that general uh, uh, chat um, uh, channel to just to just drop in like what you know what are you learning about self-care what do you know about self-care because we all need that we all need that right now caring for our emotional health will help us to feel spiritually healthy so you know be kind to yourself all the things that you all are wonderful at uh, let yourself to to feel relief let yourself feel like a release let yourself feel hope today uh and laugh i think uh is a good thing for our emotional and spiritual health feel my favorite just i have to pass on uh, some of my favorite social media moments from this week, because there have been many that have been wonderful. So there, it, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of all the Nevada memes. I want all of them. They're so great. They're so fun. Uh, the Zootopia sloth, uh, as, as with the caption, you know, Nevada uh, counters right now. That was great. Love that one. Um, I, I, I loved on Friday people posting songs like Georgia by Ray Charles or uh, the theme song, the beginning of the theme song from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in West Philadelphia, born and raised. Uh, those were great. Uh, the viral Avengers uh, Endgame clip was epic and somebody spent way too much time blowing off work on Friday to make that, clearly. Um, I, I really, really, like my, my heart just loved so much the Sister Act 2, Oh Happy Day. If, if nobody saw the Sister Act 2, Oh Happy Day meme, please look that up, it is so amazing. Also, I loved Sister Act 2, so I still do, so there's a, that. Uh, and then last, for my Lord of the Rings fans, um, my fellow Lord of the Rings fans, also, this was on Friday morning, so when Georgia and Pennsylvania on the East Coast had had shifted away from uh, Trump, this was three days into election counting, and one of my friends posted Gandalf's line, on the third day, look to the East. And that tickled me. I just thought that was great. So, <laughs> Okay. Uh, I do have, uh, besides all of the general self-care uh, advice, I do have one particular way in mind that I want to pitch to us. Uh, and a story comes to mind for me um, uh, to just kind of get us going on spiritual health today. And this story is actually from the day after the 2016 election, four years ago. If you'll recall that day, we knew uh, by the middle of the night uh, after election day that Donald Trump had won. Uh, so I, it was a Wednesday. I was, did my usual morning thing, dropping off our then three-year-old son at home daycare down the street. Uh, the woman who ran our, our home daycare was a neighbor we'd met at the library uh, over a year ago by that time, and we'd really liked her. And her and her husband and their teenagers were longtime residents in our area uh, since immigrating to America from Iraq. Uh, they were a Muslim family. And when I dropped off my son that morning, we 
exchanged our usual, you know, hello, how are you? Uh, Ezra's coming in. And uh, when she asked me how I was, you know, just the usual, hey, how are you? Um, I kind of took a deep sigh, uh, thinking about the fact that I, you know, learned like hours before that Trump was our president. Uh, I, I just said, I took a deep sigh and I said, today feels heavy. And she nodded in agreement and then took my son in and we parted ways and I went about my day best I could um, that Wednesday. So the afternoon plan for our family that day was that I would pick up our son uh, and my wife, Kezia, and our newborn would meet us there uh, and we'd all go somewhere afterwards together. So when I got to uh, back to the house where this home daycare is, uh, Kezia had already arrived. And when I walk into the living room, she and our son's daycare provider are hugging and crying together. And it becomes clear to me that they're talking about Trump having won. And, and she says to me, um, our, our daycare provider, she says to me, Kezia asked me how I am. And I knew that I could share and not be afraid. When you said this morning what you said, I, she said, I just didn't know. I just didn't know. And she kept on repeating, I, I just didn't know. And what she meant was, I just didn't know if you had voted for Trump. Because think about it. I am a white male, a middle class. I'm a pastor of a church. She knows this. I'm American. Of course she couldn't be sure that I hadn't voted for Trump. A majority of my demographic did. And a majority of my demographic just did again. But thank God she and Kezia had the courage to be vulnerable together. And that turned into a moment where her fear was acknowledged and honored and our families have been like friends ever since. That was a turning point in our relationships. So there, there might be an inclination to think that since Trump has not won this time, my interactions this year will look totally different than my interactions from 2016. But I, I don't think that's true because all indications are that the white Christian male votes that supported Trump in 2016 have again supported him this year. Even though Trump will no longer be in office, the rhetoric and the fear-based policies and the infrastructure that propped him up are not gone. And they still occupy other offices in our country. And over 40% of this country gave their seal of approval to that. For those whose dignity and civil rights have been at stake in this election, immigrants, the LGBTQ community, people of color, it's okay to feel hurt and betrayed by our country giving 70 million of our votes toward Trump, including according to one estimate, 40% of white people 18 to 30 years old. It's okay to feel betrayed when I heard uh, the journalist Jamel Hill phrase it this way, when black men and women among the most disenfranchised, just disenfranchised by government institutions and politicians in this country had to be the voting block that stepped in to save this country from four more years of Donald Trump. So I wanna say if that behind relief for you or behind, behind being moved by powerful things that, have, that, we, that we've seen, if behind that there's a betrayed thing, there's a disgusted thing, there's a hurt place in you. I know it may feel out of control. I know it may feel overwhelming, but I wonder if, this is crazy, but I wonder if you are actually closer to spiritual health, even if you feel a little bit overwhelmed and out of control than anyone right now.
because Jesus is always most with those most suffering in any situation. Jesus is always most with those most suffering. I know that sounds like it can't be true if you feel out of control or if you feel like you're barely getting above water. Spiritual health does not have to look cool, calm, and collected like the monk on the mountaintop who's unaffected. That's not what spiritual health is. Spiritual health is deeply affected by what's going on, if that's what's appropriate, if that's what the moment calls for. For the rest of us who no doubt care a great deal, but whose dignity and civil rights have not been at stake in this election, I want to pitch that one thing that we can do for our spiritual health right now is to enter into that space that our friends who are already there for feeling hurt and betrayed are. Now, that may take some work for some of us who experience more privilege, who could this past week choose to follow or not follow the results of what was going on without much consequence. Again, no doubt we deeply cared, but it's different to say, it's different to get to that point of saying, oh, I can't watch, I'm just going to turn on a show when you're privileged than it is when you're marginalized. That means something very different in those two different situations. And so my challenge for those uh, of us who, who are privileged is today, try to imagine what it's like for those who do experience being marginalized in our country. I think that will be good for our souls because Jesus is always most with those most suffering in a situation. That's where Jesus lives. Nothing took precedence for Jesus over acknowledging pain, over making space for people in pain, over alleviating pain. Jesus centered the experience of those most hurt in a situation. I'm going to read from John chapter 11. When Jesus saw two of his friends weeping over their brother who had died and others who'd come along with them also weeping and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. When we allow ourselves to be deeply moved in our spirits, troubled, and feel sadness and not run from that because it's uncomfortable, we find we are not alone in any suffering. We find we can be of great help and healing to others just by sharing in something hard or tragic. And that brings meaning to life. And we find our whatever petty self-centered grievances that we have just evaporate because more important stuff is occupying us. And all of that is so good for our souls. All of that grows us up and expands our capacity for empathy, even as it brings us face to face with pain. And that's why to be in pain is not something that needs to be fixed. The things that cause pain need to be fixed, yes. But to be in pain is not something that needs to be fixed. And accepting that is true for our pain and for others' pain is a key step for us all moving forward in our journeys towards spiritual health. So right now, this week in America 2020, as paradoxical as it may sound, I think one way our community can care for our spiritual health is by, like Jesus, moving, being moved in our spirits, being troubled, 
centering those most hurt and betrayed by what our election results remind us is still true about our country, even as there is still relief, even as there are still good feelings, there is also hurt and betrayal. And so I want to lead us in a little bit of prayer before we sing one more song together that can help us to do that. And we're going to kind of use this, this picture of Jesus centering the hurt of his friends as we do that. So uh, if you can get yourself into as quiet or undistracted a place as possible, and we're going to pray. Uh, you can close your eyes, or if you have to stay focused on something that's going on in the room, that's understandable as we're all doing this virtually. Uh, we encourage you to like find um, find a little like spot of paint on the wall that you can focus on, or find like a corner that you can just kind of let your eyes rest back to a, a grounding spot for your eyes as we do this, and that will help you. <clears throat> okay, I want you to close your eyes and imagine yourself among a crowd. And let's say that that crowd represents all of America. And in your mind's eye there, I want you to look around and see all of the different people and how they're carrying themselves in this space. And I want you to see where Jesus is as he enters the scene. And I want you to imagine him go to those who are most hurt, most troubled, most feeling betrayed right now. When Jesus saw them weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. And Jesus wept. And as we're in that space internally, I want you to, I want you to ask yourself, Who is it that Jesus has gone to? Is it you? Are you imagining him going to somebody you know? Are you imagining him speaking to a large group of people or just one individual? There's no right answer. What do you see Jesus do?
And if you're feeling Jesus speak to you in this space, you can ask him a question that comes to your heart and then leave space for him to reply. Or if you're someone who is observing Jesus speak to someone else you know or speak to a group of people, pay attention to your own heart. Are you moved in spirit and troubled? And in this last space where we're quiet together, I want you to imagine yourself asking Jesus, how can I do the same? 